When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is the Complex Sneakers Podcast. My guys, Matt Welty. How's everyone doing? And my man, Brendan Dunn. We are recording remote. That's right. But we are all together in spirit, and um, we hope everyone's doing well. Feels good to be back, sort of. We're nowhere near being back, but hey. <laughs> Feels pretty good. Making some content, you know? Making some content. I'll tell you what's been really tough for me. The eating has gotten out of control. 11.30, I'm having prosciutto de Parma, fresh mozzarella, 11.30 at night. It's just gone. The eating and the not working out, you know, there's a good thing I don't have to really be on camera for the next couple weeks because, man. I'm glad you're eating good, Joe. For lunch today, I ate hummus. It was homemade hummus, but it was hummus on bread. That's it. Wow. That's the person like a, that's who made a, me the hummus, but I'm not proud of that meal overall. You know, okay, I had, I had that's, leftover that's, baba ganoush this morning. So Wow. You're both on that tiger, that tiger King diet. <laughs> <laughs> those, those, what they were having for lunch. Did you see the, it was the like, Walmart meat? Yeah. It was the like meat truck the, the expired Walmart meat. Anybody listening who hasn't seen tiger King yet on Netflix, you need to go consume all that wealthy. Are you up to speed on this? I have not watched any of it. Um, it's it's incredible. I was like knee deep in it last night. I was probably on like episode three and then I texted Joe about it and he FaceTimed me immediately to tell me he was running it back, watching the whole thing again, I guess. Right, Joe? So I watched seven episodes in a row and then I ran it back last night. I woke up this morning and watched two more. So I have two more to go. It's an incredible tale. Also on the exercise note, Joe, I want to say, uh, no plug here. I'm not paid for this, but the Nike training app has been my go-to. I'm trying to use it a couple times a week. I feel like it's a really good tool to have while we're cooped up in these self-isolation, quarantine, coronavirus times. I recommend it. The good thing for me is that I have been doing workouts and like have been tired and like sweating a little bit, but the hardwood floors, dude, that hurts your wrist. Oh, this is what it's <laughs> the Joe LaPuma complaint about the hardwood floors in his crib. I want to see Joe LaPuma in the push-up challenge. I could do push-ups, burpees I was doing. And then a friend of mine, Nick Restivo, who used to work at complex, who was a college football player, gave me some workout where he was like, Hey, put a line in your apartment and jump back and forth. Like, as quickly as possible. I didn't even last three things of those. Well, do you got a jump rope at the crib right now? I don't. Um, funny story. I was going to hit up Joe. So i uh, been taking it um, uh, upon myself to learn Armenian lately. Mm-hmm. And one of the phrases I learned last night that uh, is applicable to Joe LaPuma mm-hmm. is um, it's uh, inch ehima. And okay, what, is what that he says mean? to me all the time, and it means, what is it now? Mm. 
you know, sometimes we get into the office around 10.03. That's the first question I ask him. <laughs> what for is those, it now? For those that somehow don't know by now, Wealthy is very Armenian, something he likes to broadcast on every platform he can. And I support the journey, Wealthy. I support the journey. But again, like I said a couple episodes ago, I want to see you take that vacation. I want to see you in some Armenian village eating, what is the, the, climb, the dish? Climbing Mount Ararat. Yeah. What is it? Bob Ganoush? Kebabs? Yeah. Oh, Mayor won't eat that. Remember we hit him up the other day? I know. You've you've mentioned that Mayor won't eat that at least (laughs) three times in the past week. What else have you guys been doing since we've been locked down? Oh, boy. Um... Come on. Give me the schedule. I wake up. I've been blasting the weekend album. Also got yelled at by my neighbor on day six of the quarantine. And I think I was playing the little Yachty Drake song and he, and he knocked on my door. He's like, Hey, we're going to be locked up for a while here. Uh, you know, I can't hear this Rick Ross every day. Eh? Not Rick Ross. <laughs> like, like such a thing, such a thing to say. So I've been very conscious. I've been moving the beats pill in different parts of the apartment. And, but I've been blasting the weekend album for like the past four days or so. Um, wake up, get coffee, take calls, lay on the couch. And then the tiger King has just been a welcomed, escape for me i'm trying to go running when i can i don't want to be out in the mix too much i did do 14 miles the other day and i wow i I kept my distance from everyone and i had like a face mask a balaclava basically on the whole time um who are you running up on the balaclava (laughs) i'm running away from people not toward people i want that to be abundantly clear um what else oh you know i've been playing a lot of wingspan shout out to all my tabletop heads out there what is that? that i don't even know what that is what is that it's like a super nerdy like tabletop game where oh. you um wow it sounds even nerdier now that I'm are you playing Fortnite and doing the dance in your apartment or no? <laughs> <laughs> no Fortnite, but I am uh, perfecting my shoot dance. No, Wingspan's like a tabletop game based on birding. Oh my god! Okay, well, yeah, that's a world that I would never understand. We don't have enough time to dissect it because I probably still wouldn't understand. I did think about getting an Xbox or a PS4, but. I remembered I have a PS4 in the office because a Paul George sneaker came with it and Nike sent it to me. So I refused to buy it when there's one in the office, even though I can't access it. Damn. Wealthy, what have your days looked like? Uh, I've been just doing stuff around the apartment. But the funny thing is, is I've like just listened to random songs on YouTube. And you know how like it has the autoplay feature on it. Yeah. And then uh, next thing I know, I'll be cleaning my apartment and like an hour will go by. And I didn't realize I was listening to Tyga. And I'm like, what am I doing with my life? But um, Tyga has hits. What are you talking about? I need to tell a related story to that. A coworker of ours who I will not name on here, but you know, I've, I've thrown a couple big parties in my house over the years uh, while I've worked at Complex and a lot of co-workers come and it's a good time and uh, people are merry and, you know, memories are made. But this yep. Complex co-worker has kind of been an impromptu DJ at some of them. And, you know, he's, he's brought a, brought along some sound equipment. And <laughs> there was one time where I think he just let the Spotify run and wasn't paying attention and it was just on shuffle or some type of random selection. But I wasn't really paying attention until I started really thinking about it. I'm like, holy shit, like Limp Bizkit is playing in my house right now. Like I'm hearing fucking like Lincoln Park songs. And I was like, <laughs> I was yeah, like they had, to- both of them had a moment. I thought you were going to say he had Michelle Branch deep cuts or something. <laughs> that would have been preferred. But I, you know, I, I told him this can't go because if people left my house and they had the memory of listening to Limp Bizkit in my kitchen in the year 2019, like that's not the impression I'm trying to leave on people. You put your red Yankee fitted on. <laughs> backwards i definitely had a baby blue yankee fitted back in the day but um brendan remember i was telling you that like when i was like an intern at complex like mike shinoda had a beef with me yes yes really yeah 
I had like, he had done a collaboration with Mike Schultz Lincoln, Lincoln Park, right? Yeah. Lincoln Park did a collaboration with Sabago, the boot company. It was just like, I wrote like a story. I was like, this is the collaboration nobody asked for. And like, I was like, you probably haven't listened to Lincoln Park since you had like an N64 and like a tub of blue hair gel. And uh, <laughs> I had, LA, uh, first of all, I used LA looks. It was pink hair gel. LA looks. It was called bedhead. But tiki. bedhead I, tiki. That's all I, I, I posted it. We posted it. This is like 2012, 2013 on complex style way back in the day. And like, he saw it on Twitter and just like sent like the Lincoln Park army, like after me. Listen, man, the only Sabagos I wear say Ronnie Fogg on them. Okay. I remember the Ronnie Fogg Sabago trip was an early press trip. Marcus Troy was on it. I think they were on like a golf course. Do you remember that? I mean, I definitely wasn't there. So, <laughs> no, I, I wasn't there. I wasn't there either. But that collection, Sabago was early RF uh, collaboration. Yeah, the, the frills around the, around the yeah, heel. Come the on, frills. man. That was a moment. You remember that scene in How to Make It in America where he tries to like resell all his shoes at Flight Club and he's like, everybody's wearing these now, bro. And he like pans down and has a pair of like Sabago boat shoes on. I've never seen an episode of that, but I definitely have a pair of Ronnie Fike Sabago boat shoes that I wore um, one summer. I think the summer of 2011, um, of course, no socks on. And I remember them just like fucking chewing my feet up. But I was like walking through the pain just to show out. Fishing on the Columbia River. <laughs> Another thing, Welty, when this is all done, you got to give me some how to cook a steak tips. I was so excited. I got steak and shrimp last night from the grocery store. I was so excited. I marinated. I had fresh garlic. I had onions. The steak was dry as hell. It came out so dry. Like I just need, I need tips on how to do it. I was so excited. I was doing a little surf and turf, the quarantine surf and turf. What a disaster it was. I think I'm not cooking anymore. I'm giving it up for a little bit because I'm just not excelling at it at all. By the way, who, sorry, who who has the police siren in the background? Are we That's all me. okay? That's me. That's me. Joe, what's, what's going on? Sorry, you, when you're this high up, you hear everything, unfortunately. Oh. <laughs> just, the apartment flexes. I'm hoping the listeners kidding. can slowly paint a picture of your palatial uh, condo that you have there through every single episode. You know, it, it sucks that we're not together, but... You know, this is what we're in right now. But um, this week, we have a topic that is no better time to discuss a significant line of Nike. Thursday, March 26th is Air Max Day. And Air Max is, if you are in sneaker culture or you are a sneakerhead, we are sure that Air Maxes have played a big part in your sneaker history. And we wanted to unpack our own history, tell some stories, and no better week to do it than on the week of Air Max Day. So the story goes, Reebok is kind of gaining market share or actually leading market share, and Nike's trying to figure it out. They lost grasp of the market. They hold a design contest, a 24-hour design contest to try to get some innovation and out of it comes this designer, Tinker Hatfield, who quote-unquote wins the design contest, and they tag him to start working on projects. And one of the first things he worked on, the Air Max One, and the rest is history. Is that fair to say, basically, where the story starts? 
Yeah, I mean, I think this line is so important for so many reasons. Joe, you mentioned Tinker Hatfield being involved with it. So the first Air Max shoe came out in 1987. We call it the Air Max one now, but obviously back then there was no idea that this was become such a lineage. So it was just called the Air Max. But yeah, really important for the emergence of Tinker Hatfield, the most important sneaker designer, hands down. A lot of people know him for his Jordan work. I mean, he's been involved with a bunch of really monumental Nike models, but it's so interesting that at the same time that he was reviving the Jordan line, you know, Jordan 3, the first one he worked on, came out in 88. But right before that, he does this thing with the Air Max, which is basically making the technology of Nike Air visual. Like, this is such an important part of what Nike does to me is kind of communicating a piece of sneaker technology in a way that made sense to the average consumer. So you have this Nike Air cushioning, these little, like, inflated bags in the soles of your shoes. And, you know, it was a name, but people couldn't necessarily see it. So this Nike Air Max thing was just a way of exposing that. So there's this little window basically in the side of your shoe. And it is kind of this aha moment of people understanding what was going on in their shoes. It's such a techie nerdy thing that, that is made. It's like a pop culture design moment. He got a lot of heat from it internally. They thought that he exposed too much and it was based on the Paris building, the Pompidou building. But a lot of people, even in Nike, when they saw that air bubble, they were like, wait, whoa, what are you doing? Like they thought, I think that people were going to go around and start popping the air bubbles and that Tinker was showing too much. And at first it was kind of like a push and pull and kind of a point of contention internally in the building. Yeah. I remember like growing up in anytime you saw like a shoe with like an air bubble on it, you just assumed that it was like more expensive, you know, mm-hmm. like every time like I went to like Foot Locker or whatever, like when I was in elementary school and saw a shoe that had air max or air bubble on it it was just like parents aren't going to get me those or too much money it just was like a status symbol what were those models wealthy were they retro models or were they the newer air max stuff that came out post 2000 i don't even remember because like this is like i'm talking like you know second third grade you know so but just like seeing like nike cross training shoes at the time so this was probably like 94 95 like that oh, era okay yeah, just like seeing models like that and you're just like, nope, not going to be able to get those. Yeah, I mean, for me, like the Air Max obsession kind of came a little bit later in my sneaker development because I think the entry point I had was really the Nike SB Dunk around 2005 because that was such a big moment and that was easy to understand. Also, the Air Force One was a huge hip-hop sneaker at the time, so that was really salient and prevalent. But the Air Max felt like something more specialized just in terms of the retro models, Air Max 1s, Air Max 90s, Air Max 95s. You had to know a little bit more. You had to be a little bit more in tune or a little bit nerdier, you know what I mean? Like uh, This was like my early Nike Talk days, but there was the Team AmFam or AmFam thread in Nike Talk. Um, I wish I could remember the main guy's name. There was this dude like Chris One that designed the logo. Yes, 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 that's the guy. Like I remember just scrolling through those Nike Talk posts. And people who don't know Nike Talk, obviously a super important uh, forum for trading sneaker information, stories, where to buy stuff. Like it's where a lot of us got a lot of our knowledge from. But yeah, Air Max like came a little bit later for me through that. Also, Nike Talk. When I got hired at Complex in 2005, I got hired to run the website, and I was spamming Complex links on Nike Talk under like three different names, and traffic was like shooting through the roof. And then I Did got you banned. Get banned. So yep, banned immediately. <laughs> wow. and and the execs, the execs at Complex were like, look at the traffic. It's exploding. And I mean, back then we were probably doing no traffic, but it was like all coming from spam links on uh, Nike Talk back in the day. So not not proud of it, but, you know, I had SVP to. SVP of content strategy, baby. That's content strategy. Listen, I had to do what I can. I was a 
young, starry-eyed uh, employee. And granted, the content would fit like what Nike Talk would post, but um, yeah, I got kicked off uh, immediately all three accounts. But um, I used to go on Nike Talk when I was working at Finish Line, and yeah, like you guys said, early Air Max memories. Definitely, a lot of them came from there, and people showcasing their like sneakers. The Air Max One, that white and red classic iconic design. You put it up there with all the great silhouettes, I would say. Yeah, I remember I got a pair of those in, I believe, I wanted them for a while, and I finally got my first pair, I think, in like 2009 or 2010. Yeah. And I remember I was like going through like Haverhill, Massachusetts with my girlfriend at the time, and there was like a sneaker store that I'd been to a couple times, but I hadn't been there in a while, and I was like, can we please stop in there real quick? And like went in, and they had a size 12. I wore like a size 11, and they had one pair left in the shoes. And I was like, fuck it. I'm going to buy them. And I remember just like getting like toilet paper and like stuffing it in the toe box just to like, <laughs> so my like toe would like reach further down the shoe. I wanted it that bad. You had the Air Max cushioning and the toilet paper cushioning. Yeah. Um, definitely had that. But that, the white and red, I always say like next to white and green Stan Smith. Those are like, I think like the two best sneakers of all time. Yeah. Wealthy. I think I had the same pair that I bought from a friend in college yeah this was 2009 2010 the classic white red original colorway uh got them from a guy named paul tracarn who was one of the first people i met outside of my main friend group from like high school was actually into sneakers it was like there weren't that many of us back then it felt like you knew people online but in person it was rare so i met him and i think i got that pair that was like a b grade that he sold me for maybe like 40 or 60 dollars because it had like the red from the shoe, like bleeding onto the white mesh toe box. Another pair from that era that I randomly love was the scuba colorway. Do you guys remember this? It was like very basic, like black and white with a little bit of blue around the yeah, eyelets. I think you put that on your uh, top 25 sneakers of all time list. I That's know, still, I know. Still somewhere on the internet. I know. I mean, listen, it, it was just a shoe that I loved in college. And I think like when those got delivered to my house at the time, I was like living with another dude, a, a dude named Brandon and like somebody else opened up the package and I was like super upset about it, but still just so ecstatic to finally have this pair of Air Max ones. I, I did like a Nike outlet phone order to make sure they showed up and I didn't have a tracking number or something like that. Uh, let's just get it out of the way. How many people popped their air bubble to bring it back to a Nike outlet and got a store credit? What? I, ne- I never did that. I knew that was a thing though. I never heard of this. Oh my. And people did it in finish line all the time. They would pop really? it. The bubble popped. The and, bubble then popped like they- and you had to take it back. Honestly, you had to take it back for a store credit. You couldn't really prove otherwise. And I don't think you, you didn't get a refund, but it was notoriously for the Nike outlets, especially like they would always, always take it back. Um, Joe, Joe, when you were working at Finish Line, were people like bringing stuff in and you were suspecting that they were popping these on purpose, but you couldn't say anything? As long as you could tell it wasn't like a a machete job, um, (laughs) you you know, it was kind of like, hey, do I want to fight this battle? And I think Finish Line was a little more strict, but the Nike outlets, you could take it back and they would give you a store credit all the time. It's funny to see that, you know, a decade later, where obviously the air bubble was such a revolutionary design, but it's maybe some of that internal kind of fear that that nike had when tinker first did it but yeah that used to happen a ton this is an important lesson because a lot of times people dm me on instagram random sneaker defects or problems they have with nike shoes Mm -hmm. if your nike running shoe rips in any way or if your old pair of converse fall apart just contact the manufacturer they'll honor it nine times out of ten and they'll give you a new pair of shoes so don't dm me asking about your fucking Pegasus. Just, what just the, take what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Start sewing it back together? Why are they DMing you? <laughs> I, I don't know. The things people DM me with, Joe, it's insane. We used to tell people, like, not even on air bubbles, just at Foot Locker in general, to, like, fucking beat it. 
like when it came really? to when it came to like returns and all that sort of stuff, like make up so many lies really? because like, yeah. Cause you had to go against like a sales number daily. Right. Um, where you had oh, to make yeah, like, totally. Yeah. Where you had to be like $2,000 or whatever is like the daily sales, yes. like total for the store. And like, if you did a return, like it would be like negative that amount of money, like out of the sales total, you could be up like on there. And then like a dude could come and like return like a shoe, like two minutes before you close. Yes. And then you have to like email your district manager. Exactly. So like, we used to make lies up and be like, oh, there's not enough cash in the register. The register just went down. Like, sorry. Like, the system isn't doing returns now. Like, just lie to people all the fucking time. I was just going to say the mall closed at 9.30, 9.15. People walk in with two pair of Jordans trying to return them, and you just made the day. And I would be like, you have to convert the sale. You have to convert the sale to my employees. And then if you didn't, it was such a bad look, and it was the worst feeling. Like, people would walk in. You're, like, home free. You're filling up the shoe walls, and then all of a sudden, someone walks in two pair of Jordans trying to return them. The other thing was starting the day like $800 down was shitty too. Yeah, it would always be first thing in the morning. They try to return yep. shoes and you'd be like, oh, I don't have enough uh, cash in the register. Can't do it. Uh, come back at noon. Yeah, I said, eat some breakfast first. <laughs> <laughs> Tell them to take a couple okay. more laps around the yeah. mall. Yeah. But, but going back to Air Max, it's funny. Like I remember like growing up and thinking that like running shoes were for like, they were like nerdy. You know, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know why. I always just thought like skate shoes and basketball shoes were like what was cool. And there was something like nerdy about running shoes. So like I never really had like a lot of running shoes, like specific growing up. Like I remember getting a pair of ZX in like early 2000s. But the first two pair Air Max that I remember buying was the when they did the history of Air Pack in 2006. Yeah, okay. Um, that was like big. That's when like the, they retro, like the, uh, inf- the, all the OG colorways, Air yeah. Max ones, infrared nineties, neon 95s. And they did that big power wall collection two i believe around the same mm-hmm. time um but there was a my parents used to well still live up there in near exeter new hampshire which it, all the nerds out there exeter was like the original uh r&d center for nike so um they had a store there called george and phillips and they ha- used to get like all like this nike shit because they had a connection to nike through like back in the day as like the local sporting goods store and they had uh, I believe they had the OG 180s, the ultramarine colorway, and then the OG 93s. Mm-hmm. Um, this is 2006 in the white and like menthol or dusty cactus, whatever it is. And they were on sale for $50 a piece. And I went in and bought both of those pairs. And those were like my first two like Air Max sneakers that like really kind of put me onto it. You still have those somewhere? I gave away the fucking 180s and I was pissed because I was I like, went through a stage where I was wearing like Red Wing boots and I'm like, I'm not going to wear these again. And I just gave them to a kid I was working with. Were they Ronnie Fike Red Wings? No. Um, Shame <laughs> on you. I want to talk about a couple more Air Max One stories, just trying to think like vaguely chronological here. The white blue OG colorway, like I love that one as well. I distinctly remember where I was on the University of Oregon campus calling up the outlet trying to score them for $50 and, and thinking in that moment, do I need two pairs? Do I need two pairs? I thought they no, were like 30 I, bucks. I had heard. At, yeah. They, the they, they slid Alex. all the way down. Yeah. Where, they, they, where, they were cheap, where exactly dude. were you? Easy. Were you trading Pokemon cards on the West wing oh, or what? <laughs> I was walking across the quad on a spring day. Man, don't worry about it. Um, man, I, I regret only buying one of those. Um, 2010. Also the pot of pair air max ones. I, I, oh, I told man. a story about this on the Clark Kent episode, but those were just, beautiful i mean the cherry wood with the chenille swoosh yeah 
I fucked up. They had a pair like the the ones with all the colors on them, the the navy ones or whatever they oh, were. Yes, the yes, green. yes. And they were in a store, and like I didn't even ask for my size. Like I'm like, I want these. So I'm like, oh, they probably won't have my size, and then didn't even ask for it, and just like left. And I was like, what a fucking what idiot. a beautiful shoe man. these Cherrywood Pata Air Max ones. Yeah. You got you have these? No. Oh my god, no. I had done like a feature story on like the Pata guys like back in the day, and I brought them into the complex office. This has to be like two thousand and like. 15 was like Tim and G mm-hmm. and I forget what the other guy's name was, but it was the white dude with tattoos mm-hmm. and their crew. And they all, they come in, you know, like black, like track suits with like the waist bag, like across like their chest yeah. and like, G's a pretty big guy. And I remember I'm not going to name names, but someone who used to work at complex was like, yo, did you just bring a gang into the what? office? Who said that? <laughs> and what year was that? 2015? Yes. Wow, how embarrassing. Oh, my God. Someone who oh. used to work on social media. At oh how embarrassing. Wow. A little background here. Uh, Pada is a legendary Dutch sneaker store there in Amsterdam. They've got a lot of important Nike collaborations and the, the Para pair of Air Max ones. Pete Para is a... Dutch artists as well. So it just kind of made sense in terms of their two catalogs coming together. I think that's still like a top five grail shoe for me. Do you guys remember around the same time, the par Maxim ones that were all over the outlets at the time? Dude, I wanted that shoe so bad, the black oh, ones. No. And I never bought it. But those sucked, are, man. Were you guys into infrared nineties? Because I remember yeah. getting a pair of those and that was like a real a shoe that I loved. Yep, definitely oh, into the infrared nineties yes. and another iconic Air Max, basically Tinker's follow-up where people were worried about the air bubble and Tinker doubled down and was like, um, after the reception of the Air Max one, which turned out to be received very well he doubled down and he even made the air bubble bigger on the air max 90 and then of course the infrared colorway which some shoes are about the story some shoes are about the design and some shoes at the core about the colorway can we say that the infrared colorway is really what makes that shoe as iconic as it is or what i think that's a big part of it i think it's one of those shoes too where it's like it's such like it's i mean it's white gray you know, black and then that the bright infrared, but it's one of those shoes. Like you don't even try to match it. It's just a bright color. You just wear it like with anything. And like, even though it doesn't match, it's still in a weird way, like goes with stuff. The infrared air max 90 was the first shoe I ever bought two pairs of. It was like a shoe that you could just walk around in and you felt like people were paying attention. There was like that hot red color. That's what the infrared is. It was just like kind of screaming out at you from the side of the shoe. And like the white mesh was so like angelically crispy on a spring day. I remember, uh, I think these came out uh, around 2010 or 2009 when I first got a pair. And I I know people have owned them well before that, but like I said, my Air Max introduction came a little later. And when they came out, this is again, a Nike talk trick, but there was an East Bay coupon or something like that floating around and you could get them on pre-order because I think on the East Bay website at the time, it said they were like back ordered. So you could order pairs and get a little bit off the retail price. So I remember people were like locking down multiple pairs early under retail. So I think I bought two pairs you know, a, a month or so before they would actually deliver and save money on them. And when they finally came, I was just like ecstatic. I don't wear nineties all that much, but I have so many fond memories. I talked about the all black ones on here too. Like I have a pair of white and red air max ones and I have a pair of the infrared nineties. I just, it's just a shoe that you should have. I remember I wore the air max one, the current pair that I have years ago, like three or four summers ago, I wore them to the beach and they still have like sand in them, but there's, it's a shoe because I wasn't wearing sandals to the beach. And it's a shoe that like, I'll always have kind of in my collection, both of those shoes and just two such 
like master of design, those two shoes, they'll always hold up. They have crazy, crazy staying power. And it's a, those two are like a really big reason of how popular Air Maxes are today. Welty, what about you for like the Air Max 90? Yeah, I had infrared. I, there was another one that came out where it was like white, turquoise, black, and like a pink. Around the same era, 2010, that was really dope. I had an all gray premium pair that was like, I think the retail is like 120 on those. But I think one of the things that Brendan touched on earlier that I think is important, the reason why, like around that era, like 2010, 2009, like I got like really into Air Max. Like the, I would say that was like the majority of the shoes that I was buying. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, as you said, I felt like there was just something more to Air Max. I always felt like people just bought Jordans because like you're expected to buy Jordans. You know, it was kind of like, like no hate. It just is what it is. Like people were like buying Jordans without like knowing why they were buying the shoes, just kind of like line up for them. Like that's what everyone wears. But I felt like the people who were like in Air Max were a little more of like a niche, like connoisseur of sneakers. Like you, you kind of, and there was like other models that were coming out at the time. Like I remember getting like the Tailwind 92s. Mm which was to me were like a super dope shoe or so like good. the Air Max Triax like 94. Like, Did I tell you I had the Air Max Triax like basketball shoe? The structure Triax. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the high top version. I bought it from an outlet for $40 at, uh, where was it? Uh, Seaside, Oregon. Yeah. Oh my God. Yo, With structure Triax? Structure oh, Triax? Yes. yes. Fucking, fucking fire, man. That shoe has we like the infrared back. on the inside and then the fucking neon on the outside. I also bought those too big and had to stuff that shoe as well. So I was like stuffing a lot of shit. <laughs> How much toilet paper were you wasting on we shoe We could have used that toilet paper, paper now. Uh-huh. It, uh, uh-huh. Man, I fucked Might up. come in handy. Another Air Max 90 I want to mention. I never had the Bacon pair. So the Bacon Ooh. Nike Air Max 90, that DQM collaboration that everybody always talks I got about. Him. One of the best ever. I got him. You have yes. Of course you do. Yes. Uh, how, did you, how did you acquire uh, That was definitely a complex uh, relationship. Basically, the clout trickled down from Bradley. Like, oh, these shoes are coming out. I'm getting them. Do you want a pair? <laughs> and he got a pair and I got a pair. I still have those. They're in like pristine condition. Have you worn them? Um, I've worn them not recently, but I think I've worn them. They're at home with my parents and I definitely like they're fully out of storage or whatever, like right there. So maybe I'll wear them on an episode coming up. What's the deal? Are they supposed to be re-releasing or they're not or what? They were supposed to for Air Max Day. I haven't heard anything yet. I mean, Dave's quality meat. What a, what a special oh, store, man. like a concept store based around an actual butcher shop. And for them to make a shoe that looked like meat, it just made so much sense. I missed like the, the glory days of yep. that boutique, but I did yeah. go to a sample sale there once in like 2012 or 13, where it was like the first time they ever had a sample sale. So they were just clearing out all the old stock they had from all the years they had been open. And I think I walked out of there with a pair of like sample dqm dunks that perforated pair i don't know if you guys remember those yep i gotta say out of all those stores i think dqm was my favorite you go down like the stairs i think and i was making deliveries at the time for complex and i remember i had no sense of direction in the city and they'd be like just take this train to this train this train and i remember spending like so much money as an intern just taking a cab and being like hey get me here because i tried the first couple of attempts i would like try and then um, you know, get off here and then walk. And I would have to walk mm-hmm. with the sneakers and the bags, the the paper bags would just collapse. And I would end up going to these stores where we're like, they were intimidating to begin with, with like just holding shoes because the, the bags ripped. And I just remember every time I had to go to DQM, I always looked forward to it. It was 
that store, man, for, for people who don't know or kids who don't know, try to look up interior shots of that store and in its heyday. I think that was definitely one of my favorites, if not my favorite, of the now defunct uh, sneaker stores in New York City. Before we go on, I think I know we've spoke about it before on the podcast, Joe, but be remiss not to mention that like the all white or all black Air Max 90 is like the official, like yeah. at the time, Staten Island or like yep. Long Island, like go down the shore for the weekend shoot. Yep. The Air Max 90 all white is, um, I probably sold a lot of them in, in finish line as well, but yeah, that was a shoe definitely kind of like a you know guido centric shoe i would say and also if they got any bit of dirt like i'm you know everyone says oh you you get dirt on air force ones you got to replace them and like yeah i know it's a thing and i know that that's actually true the air max 90 when you got dirt on that white on white it looked awful <laughs> you, like you had to mm. had to replace it if you were walking around i'll clean them you, for you joe you know, i'm happy to clean listen sneakers. i sold i went platinum and selling scuff and stains at finish line that used to take it was called scuff and stain cleaner it was like this magic cleaner and i would just whenever an air max 90 white on white walked in i knew that i could sell this because the scuff and stain would just take off everything and those are shoes that you had to keep pristine or it was a terrible terrible look Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Two more Air Max 90s I want to talk about before we move on to the next model. We were talking about the bacon ones because I didn't ever acquire those, but I did have the, like, the current version, the Air Max 90 current bacon. Do you remember that one? Yeah, that was the one that had like the free sole on it. Exactly. Nike was pushing that model. So like the cause Air Max 90s also have the current version of them. You can tell how much of a miser I am, but that was another $40 outlet shoe where like the Nike talk outlet thread, it was like people found where all the stock was sitting. And I remember the exact parking lot that I was standing in, in Sandpoint, Idaho, when I was hassling some poor outlet (laughs) clerk about buying a pair. And it was one of those moments where like an outlet gets flooded with calls and they're just baffled about why and how people found out that there's this stock there. Uh, you know, I wish I had the real Bacon Air Max 90s. I've never worn the current pair, but, you know. When the quarantine's over, I'll bring them in for you. <laughs> <laughs> One last thing on this I want to say is the Duck Camel Infrared Air Max 90 is not a good shoe. Stop paying $1,000 for it on the resale market. That's all I have to say. Okay, Air Max 95. Man, Air Max 95s, like, that's the fucking sneaker. As Game said it best, I'll kill you if you try me for my Air Max 95s. Bars 
Gucci Mane 95 Air Max because I'm a dope runner. And I love that Gucci Mane on sneaker shopping said the 95s came up and he was like, I always loved the 95 because it was more expensive than Air Jordans. And as a hustler, you wanted the most expensive sneakers. And he goes, listen, I used to go to Walters. They already knew that I wanted Air Max 95s. They would have them laid out for me. And he goes, I would go to the mall. The Air Max 95 was the hustler shoe. And it was. The price point was more expensive than basically anything that was on the market at the time. The one other line, too, that I think to me was the ultimate Air Max 95 lyric, sorry to forget this one, was Ghostface saying, a pair of bright, fat, yellow Air Max hit the rack, snatch them up, son, $20 off, no tax. Um, was, was that definitely okay. Air Max 95s? I always wondered like, if he was definitely talking about the Air Max 95 in that line. There's a picture of him wearing neon 95s from that yeah, era kneeling so, down right yeah so i'm assuming if you're exactly saying, if you're saying yellow air maxes you're talking about neon 95s like yeah, that's I, I think the air max 95 was so important design wise too because it wasn't tinker hatfield this was sergio lozano like a, a new designer kind of taking over and the lines of the shoe just aren't as angular as the air max stuff was at that time it just sets itself apart the bag was big so those bubbles that visible technology on the sole was just so pronounced and kind of protruding from out the sides of it i mean it's actually made to represent the human body um the the, like the gradient on the side is like the muscle fibers the lacing i believe is like the ribs the tongue is like the chest there's like a whole like pattern to it and this was a shoe that i think had some regional flavor to it i know that like yes. people in tokyo love the 95 uh, i i know brands try and spend a lot of marketing money on convincing you that shoes are special to certain regions but the air max 95 in tokyo i feel like that was that was one of those really legitimate moments of that and there's old ads where people in japan were trying to buy up dead stock pairs because they couldn't find any anywhere else i mean like i remember you know, Mike Skinner talking about can't pay the rent, but I got a 110 pound pair of trainers on. I mean, Wealthy can speak to this more than I can, but just like also people in Liverpool and like the north of England, like loving the Air Max 95. Again, a shoe that costs 110 yeah. pounds. Um, That's what they call it, the 110. And in Japan, done to, to your point in Japan, it really is where the Air Max 95 started getting their clout from. People were, it was one of the first shoes that were actually getting resold mm-hmm. for a lot of money in, in Japan. And then there was even an article. I read or I forget where I saw it. It was kind of like a historic piece on the Air Max 95. And even in Osaka, Japan, like people were robbing people for Air Max 95s. It wasn't an area that was known for like robberies and crime, but that shoe had such a big following in Japan that um, that's really where a lot of the steam came from in the beginning. I think the first pair I bought was the neon OG colorway. I remember buying those from the Nike store in Eugene and the guy at the counter just being like, great pickup. And when he said that, you know, <laughs> so like, good. those shoes are so fucking hard, man. If you were using terms like pickup, it was like, oh, you know, like you're in the sneaker world. We're speaking the same language and you didn't have to say anything else other than that to just know like, yeah, we both appreciate the shoe for the same reason. Joey, you have a bid on the stash collaboration of this on StockX right now. Is that right? Okay. So let's talk about this. I do too, let's talk about this. Saying it's not a good idea. Well, okay, so this is what happened. Last night, we were discussing this topic, and I put a bit on the stash Air Max 95s, a classic. I remember Noah Callahan-Bever, who used to run Complex. I think he definitely has a pair, and 
like this, you know, a little with sneaker shopping, when you're in the sneaker store and you're waiting for the talent, you start thinking like, do I need to buy a pair of sneakers to wear for the episode? It's a little bit, I, I noticed that I'm getting into this trend here where we're doing a topic and I start looking at older models to kind of like ramp myself up for this. So last night at 8.50 PM, we're all texting and I put a bid on the Nike Air Max 95 stash, bid $500 and... Then my man Welty said, oof, that's a rough one. I go, why? I love this. He goes, you're probably not going to be able to wear it because it's 15-year-old dead stocks, Air Maxes. There's a good chance the sole would collapse. So 850, I made the bid, and 852, I canceled it, StockX. Great service. My, Thank my you, guys. still on there. <laughs> you're going you're gonna to just sweat, um, yeah, bug man, it I out? Yeah, I that shoe. When you said 15 years old, is that shoe really 50? Are we really that old? Is that... Did the Stash Air Max 95s come out 15 years ago? Yeah, we're that old. <sighs> Stash BWs, by the way. I don't want to gloss over the Air Max BW. Uh, Stash BWs. Dizzy Rascal wearing BWs on his first album Persian BWs. You know what's the worst Air Max I ever bought, and I was so what? excited about it? The patent leather Mar- Marvel pack, orange and red. Remember <laughs> that? Stupid, right? yeah, I think, I think you talked about that on the podcast yes. once, but... Oh, the Fantastic yeah. Four pack. Uh, it was in the same pack as the Invisible Air yeah. Force One. And then, yeah, that 95, I was like, oh, I probably got it from a uh, training camp. And I was like, the human torch, I'm going to kill him with these. I think I've worn them four times. I still have them in the There was also basement. a Mr. Fantastic uh, Air Max 90 that had like a yep, stretchy yep. toe box. <laughs> I think for me, like I had this pair for a while. Nike actually put like the whole like gradient OG like scheme 95s like on ice. And they only had these really shitty like patent leather ones that you could buy at foot action, which mm-hmm. like really like there were a lot of foot action pairs around that time yeah that were made out of this cheap leather and then they they brought back the chili pair in, in like a new buck that was a foot action exclusive that like if you have them like very few people have that shoe now but that was the first one i got but the funny one i got was is that me and my friend dave shout out um me and him you always used to go to not dave matthews uh dave fillette um me and him not, always used to not complex intern dave matthews he was living okay. in boston at the time and we always used to go down there like every weekend and i worked at Foot Locker, so like i would we'd like go copying sneakers and you know go to bodega and go to concepts and all that sort of shit and this is right when they retroed the griffey uh the Griffey Max ones. Yeah. yeah. And they also did the Freshwater 95s. So mm-hmm. we went to we went to Foot Action in Watertown, Massachusetts, and he wanted the Griffies and I wanted the 95s. And we got them. And then I think like a year later, I have those shoes in my backseat. Like I'm going down to his house for like a weekend in Boston to go party and whatnot. And he threw a iced coffee in my backseat. And I didn't, <laughs> I didn't realize it until like a week later that there was like an empty iced coffee in my back seat and he just like just it? put it in the back seat <laughs> just, yeah and then and okay. then uh of your of your cabriolet of my, uh, of my uh, toyota solara uh so mm. probably fucked up the okay. leather seats um but okay i found the shoes and it's like the white mesh on them and they were like iced coffee color and they're still wow. i still have them they're still fucked up but you didn't try and scrub them i'll, I'll clean uh, your dude, shoes I, if you want I did a lot of scrubbing on that shoe in iced coffee. Once it sits, is like not coming out. Yeah, there were so many like OG style colorways that came out around 2010. Well, to you and I have reminisced about this a lot. Like a lot of those went down to like fifty five dollars. I, I I regret not snatching up like every blue pair they did around then, like the photo blue bag on the bottom, stuff like that. If you go on my Instagram, there's a photo. I think I did like one of those corny like pinwheel 
sure photos where I have like the no. How many weeks uh, deep? It's pretty. It's it's pretty deep. But I had the neon. Even in the quarantine, we don't got time I had for that. Neons, reds. I had two. I had two pairs of reds, and blue? then I had any blue pairs. I don't think I had the blue, but I definitely had the the safety orange mm-hmm. as well. Which those are fucking hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but those were very important shoes to me at a certain time of my life. Another thing about the 95s, like the Air Max 90 and the Air Max 1, again, the staying power. We've seen like recent releases. One that I really, really liked, um, I don't know if people were split on it or what, but that uh, Supreme Air Max 95, the Italy premium leather. Um, did you guys like those? I think they're really good. I think they're really good. They're just way too expensive. I do appreciate it. Not just because you wore it or because Drake wore it, but the materials on those look super <laughs> tough, you know, and the branding's not too obnoxious. I think you can actually find those under retail on StockX, if I'm not mistaken. Joe, what was retail on those? Uh, 500, and I got the black pair, and they have the little boot of Italy silver keychain that hangs from it, which was like a nice added touch. But one story that I heard from someone, you know, Gary Warnett, RIP, the legend. He passed away a few years ago, but... um he was part of the whole uh, Crooked Tongues crew, uh, notorious yes. sneaker writer, did a lot of work behind the scenes for Nike, had a Reebok collaboration, did a lot of stuff with Supreme. Uh, I knew him personally a lot through, he wrote for Complex, um, but- yep. He was on the yeah. round table one year. It was such an honor to have him in the office. So the story goes, you know, Gary went to see Jagger, who is the manager of Supreme London. And Jagger said that he went through a bunch of dead stock Air Max 95s that were originally made in Italy. And Jagger was kind of asking Gary, who basically is an encyclopedia of knowledge when it comes to sneakers, if they were going to hold up. And Gary was like, yeah, the sole should be fine. You know, we just talked about the stash Air Max 95. You know, it could get a little dicey if those were going to be wearable and once it was relayed to jagger that they would hold up jagger went back and like bought all these air max 95s and it basically became the air max 95 supreme made in italy sneaker that we see that recently released which you know not many people know that story it's kind of like a research and development story that you don't hear often and i love that gary warnett was like a part of that you know i really appreciate those pieces of history because especially when it comes to supreme and how they move they're just so quiet about the inspiration or where ideas came from stuff like that so anytime you get a little shred of information i think it's so valuable and it's so cool that gary warnett a guy who meant a lot to all of us rest in peace had some small part in that storyline i know he worked on some supreme nikes you know, yeah. his, his resume isn't uh, totally transparent because, you know, a lot of this work happens without people knowing. Joe, you mentioned the, the Italian background on that sneaker. I want to talk about another Italian Air Max, the Air Max 97. Again, this is one of those shoes originally came out in 1997 that has a very specific cultural, regional flair to it. I know Italy famously appreciated this shoe. I don't know that from firsthand knowledge, but that's kind of like the mythology around the design, that flashy silver colorway. I mean, the colorway is called the silver bullet. Has there not been a more aptly titled colorway? It looks like a silver bullet where the swoosh is. It looks like almost heavy duty gauze where the swoosh is. Super flashy. I think the story actually goes on that. Actually had Gary Warnett. um, He wrote a story for us on the Air Max 97 in like facts behind it, but um, you know, the silver bullet, a lot of people thought that it was inspired by the Japanese trains or mm-hmm. whatever, but I think the colorway on the shoe actually was inspired by mountain bikes at the time. Um, and that's where the silver frame of a bike would come from. And I think the actual wavy design of it kind of had more to do with like a drop of water, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, it's, it's, it's always interesting to see how some of that design mythology gets regurgitated through the years and then eventually somebody comes through and corrects it. And the Den 97 occupies a really interesting space right now. I think before its reintroduction in 2017 for the 20th anniversary, it was so much more of a niche shoe. Yeah. Um, like I said, special in Italy. I want to actually, I don't know if you guys ever saw this book. It's like a little monograph called Les Silver. It's all about the Air Max 97's cultural importance in italy as told by a bunch of italian people i want to read a quote from it real quick this is like from ricardo tisci who you know Givenchy, burberry all that he said if i close my eyes and i try to remember it in italy in 97 and 98 before the trend really blew up i see it on the feet of a certain kind of club kid that kind of kid who had the dangerous cool vibe maybe a dealer maybe just trying to look like a dealer a bit rough so like just this idea that the air max 97 before this retro stuff meant something to people yeah, and I mean, I think that there's always kind of been that like underlying story too, and like a lot of different Air Max models, like not as much in the U.S. I mean, we talk about with like dope dealers, but like you know, across like Australia and the U.K., that like Air Max has always kind of been like a tough guy sort of sort of shoe. You know, you go to places like Liverpool, or you just hear stories about Australia where it's like TNs, and we can talk about that later. But you know, there's always been the story that Air Maxes have have like kind of like a rough cultural existence. And I think that that kind of lends like credence to them being a bit cooler. Joe, does this shoes Italian background do anything for you? I actually, I love the Italian background now, but as a, in 1997, this was actually my first day of school pair of sneakers for ninth grade. And it was such a big deal. Yeah. It was such a big deal. I mean, and this is when I really, you know, I was into sneakers, but I didn't know the history of them or anything like that. But I remember going to the mall, maybe two days or the day before the first day of ninth grade and ninth grade is always that, you know, you're going to the high school. So like you're always a little uh, Mm -hmm. nervous about the first day and walked into either a foot action, I think it was a foot action. And these were on the shelves and my parents let me get these. What a perfect first day of school pair of sneakers. And I remember my good friend at the time, he was a little older. He was like this tough guy. His name was Christian Velasquez. He was two years older than me. And he was in 11th grade and I was in ninth grade. And he was like, he was like, yo, don't worry. You know, no one's going to bully you this, that, and the other. And I remember like, coincidentally, first day of school, I saw him in the hallway. What do you think he was wearing? Silver bullet 97. Mm. We both, both wearing them at the same time. So um, it's one of the shoes where think about you know, first day of school was always the thing for sneakers. These are ones that always stick out to me. The Air Max 97, ninth grade. And I'm recording this out of my apartment right in the closet. I'm looking at like a fresh pair that I w- bought at Stadium Goods a couple of years ago. Just It's, a, it's such, in your blood as an Italian to love the I love it. The, the, the ancestors were speaking to you from across the land. You know, they they just knew. They knew like it, it, was, uh, it was a sign from the Italians. So... You were predetermined to love that shoe. Like I said, the shoe came back in 2017, 20th anniversary, but Nike was kind of building up the hype before that in 2016, and they reissued the original silver colorway with the Italian flag on the tongue. Do you remember that pair? Wait, it was a silver colorway or all gold? So it was just the OG silver Nike Air Max 97, but the tongue and I think the heel tab both had like the Italian flag colors on them. I wanted that pair so bad. Yeah, but I'm looking at a gold pair right now on Stadium Goods. I think the gold pair maybe released afterward if that happened. Yeah, but there was a silver pair that only released in Milan, uh, which was damn. Like, I didn't see that. Hold on, let me see if that's dope. online. If that's online right now, I'm getting them. Hold on, let me I think, see. I think right they go now? for. I, I think they go for a pretty decent price, but there's no price too high for Joe Lapuma. Oh, oh, no, not true. Okay, release date October fifth, twenty sixteen. Ready? StockX right now. 
They don't have my size. Yeah, the silver. They don't have my size. A size nine is going for nine hundred dollars. Yeah, pretty expensive. uh, Yeah. Wow. Those are awesome. To be honest, I miss these, man. These came and went for me. And another thing, Welty, you'll attest to this. Getting a little off track, but after I, you know, the Ronaldo ninety sevens. After I shot the Ronaldo episodes. After the Ronaldo episode of sneaker shopping, I was like, you know what? I'm going to reward myself and get the gold Air Max 97s, the CR7 version. Those are hot. Yeah, and I bid a crazy amount, and the bid got canceled. They're very rare as well, the gold pair. And then the red pair, not my favorites, but he did two. He did the patchwork and the gold ones. The gold Ronaldo ones are ones I'm still interested in trying to get, though. Wait a minute, Joe. What size are you looking for in the gold Italy ones? I'm looking at StockX right now. I see some silver. See some silver ones. Silver. Okay. It's so it's one. so crazy. I remember those shoes when they came back, the the silver and the gold ones in 2017. Like I remember that shoe like really wasn't that popular as far as like the retros went. Like people liked it, but it wasn't like exactly. that, that crazy. It wasn't that, a mass market shoe before. Out that. of nowhere, that shoe just hit. And like, I also remember too, like in New York, like women like loved that shoe. Like when it came out, like it felt like left and right. You just saw like everyone wearing that sneaker. And I, it caught me off guard at first. Cause I remember being like, if this was like seven years ago and I saw like a girl wearing a pair of like Air Max 97s, I'd be like, Oh, I like, want to talk to her. Like she's probably really into shoes. But then like, I remember seeing someone in Air Max 97s and being like, damn, like that's just a shoe that everyone has now. It's like not, it doesn't, mm-hmm. it didn't feel as special, but it still felt cool that like, a lot of people were were into it, but you saw that sneaker left and right, and they really made that shoe popular in the women's market because I remember they did like the Swarovski ones it, as yeah, well. Yeah, with the crystals on them, like 400 bucks retail or something yeah, like that. Yeah, which was crazy, but yeah, that shoe definitely made a huge resurgence. Honestly, that shoe's trajectory kind of reminds me a bit about like the Air Max Plus or the TN where like it used to be a niche thing, and then they kind of really turned up how many pairs they were making, how many were available in foot lockers across the U.S., and it kind of just went super huge. I mean, the TN tuned air Air Max, well, is that 99? Yeah, I believe so. And also, or 98. another shoe to, to fall in the in the middle, speaking of Gary Warnett, I know that he had like worked on the Supreme Air Max 98s, which uh, came out in between, yes. which was one of the one of those like undercover ones, you know, that he had... Uh, had his hand in. So if people didn't know who he was, he was one of the people responsible for that sneaker as well. And then I guess also, I mean, we were talking Air Max 97, Skepta's Air Max 97 collaboration. Gary really good. Had a hand in that as well. Yeah. So if you don't, if you don't know who this guy is, that kind of like fills in the blanks a little bit. I know that's a big Joe LaPuma sneaker as well. The Skepta's. I love those shoes. I wear them all the time. It's a really good shoe. And as far as rapper hip hop collaborations, I put it up there as one of the best in recent times. No, it's crazy too, because like when I remember when he had passed away, not to talk too much about it, but the sneaker shopping episode you had done with Eric Costin um, yep. that week that he had that had come out. You didn't even plan it because you had shot that before, but you were actually wearing the Skepta 97s in that episode unknowingly. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like a weird sort of like connection of like weird things right. happening like that. Definitely, definitely. Guys, we've talked a lot about retro models in this. I feel like so much of the Air Max obsession has to do with old sneakers that came out decades ago. Should we just kind of discuss post 2000s you know 21st century like which air max shoes we like i think stuff goes downhill a lot after that right i bought a pair of air max deluxe from corgi the og ones from like 2000 shout out i got air max 360s i bought those when i was working at dick sporting goods the og okay 
that shoe was so fucking uncomfortable. Remember like all those one-time only ones they did? Like the yes. unions with like the 360 sole and like the bacons, I yeah. believe, the 360 sole. A lot of 360 soles around there. Speaking of which, I mean, uh, when it first came out, I probably wouldn't wear them that much right now. But like the Vapor Max in, in 2017, I really appreciated that shoe at the time. I mean, Nike kind of didn't have a lot of new models that were terribly interesting or doing too much. And I felt like it was a good answer to the Ultra Boost, which was kind of killing Nike at the time in terms of sleek new running shoe designs. I, it was just such a cool resurgence of the Air Max line. Of course, they mutated it and proliferated that thing into a million different models and colorways and things like that. But I remember having those a little bit ahead of time. And I remember going to the, like, the Nike employee store and wearing them. And people were like, oh, okay, okay. So the Vapor Max was a cool one for me. Funny Vapor Max story. One of the few things in my life that I've probably done, quote unquote, first before Joe LaPuma was I oh. got I, I got a, uh, oh, I really w- wouldn't call it an interview, but I got an interview in air quotes with Travis Scott around the Nike Vapor Max. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, you got an you did get an interview. Well, Don't it, sell yourself short. I mean, well, it was through email and through a Nike oh. PR person, which always like you know you always wonder if you actually really even spoke to the person that you you know that you think you're talking to. But Travis Scott, the White Whale, always elusive. Travis, damn. Guys, we're talking about Air Max because it is Air Max Day this week. Are you doing anything special to celebrate? Do you still care about Air Max Day? How do we feel about Air Max Day as a marketing effort over the past few years that it's existed? I mean, here's the thing that I would say about Air Max Day. Like, Sean Weatherspoon's Air Max came out of Air Max Day, right? Yeah, beautiful shoe. To me, that was like the most impact Air Max Day has had maybe ever. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I mean, I think that was the peak for sure. You know what's really funny about Air Max Day, though? Even people in our office who are not sneakerheads get so excited about Air Max Day. Mm-hmm. Dude, you got, I like, hate it. I hate yeah, it. But isn't that crazy? <laughs> but, but listen, that's like because we're in it every day. But do you guys realize how excited people in our office get about Air Max Day? And they're taking pictures and they're doing IG stories and like they're doing the sneaker pinwheel and everyone's oh, wearing man. it. So maybe, maybe it's not for us <laughs> per se. And we're like, oh, yeah, it's just another day. But listen – no shots at the tenth floor, but the tenth floor goes crazy over Air Max they Day. They do. It's like it's like Air Max two seventies and Air Max Theas, and it's like <laughs> come on. Like, like, how, how many people like come up to me and they're like, "Yo, Welty, check out my sick kicks." And I'll oh, probably oh my god! god. See now, okay, that, that kind of means that Air Max Day has succeeded, right? Like, we're, yes, we're jaded that's exactly what it means as like a, a a big promo thing. And like, I, I feel like there were some cool moments. Atmos retro. And then the, the very colorful Sean Witherspoon Air Max 197 combination. Other than that, the product hasn't been great, but I feel like they've made it into a holiday, you know, March 26th, where people who aren't super into sneakers, like, oh, it's Air Max Day. I'm going to do something. I know this year Nike had to kind of pivot a lot of plans because of yeah. coronavirus and everyone staying inside, but they have this cool thing where they're trying to like basically make people make their own content around it and kind of use the tools they can digitally to do little Air Max projects on their own and stuff like that, just trying to keep people involved, even though I feel like the product this year is uh, kind of lacking. You know, I don't think we'll ever see something like the Sean Chu again. One of the Air Max models later on, too, that, like, did it for me, the Air Max 2009, you guys remember those shoes? Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, designed by Stephen Smith, which everyone's been talking about. I remember I went... I went to, I bought two pairs. They had, it was a, there was a Volt colorway, which was a finish line only colorway. And there was a black and red pair that you get at Champs. I bought them on the 50% off and I went into 
finish line with the shoes I bought at Champs and was like, my girlfriend bought me these. Uh, can I exchange them for the other ones? And did that whole jig and got the shoes. Classic sneaker uh, jig is to go into a store with a pair you have that uh, your girlfriend did not, in fact, buy for you, but you may be acquired through some other means and say, oh, my girlfriend got me these and then switch them out or get a gift card or, or something like that. Um, that. Well, too, was that the one with the bag where they just kept using that same Air Max tooling for years after? Yeah, that, that was the original one. And um, they had recycled for like eight years down the road or something like that. But yeah. You know what recent Air Max I really, really like? The Nike Air Max LD. Kind of looks like a old school Cortez looking shoe. Fragment did one. Remember the navy blue and white swoosh? I was wearing it for a while. Like Oh, those ones. Yeah. Judging by your guys' reaction, you guys didn't like it. I didn't mind it. it they had the fragment <laughs> pair. Those were, those were cool. This shoe means nothing to me. I'm sorry. I'd rather have like the, the mastermind pair of Air Maxes from a few years before that. I'm sorry, Joe. It's just the truth. That's all right. Hey, each his own. But I really like that shoe. I, I bought the black ones, the navy blue ones. That was kind of like a sleeper for me just because in that like old school type of look with the airbag, I really like those. I will say a recent Nike Air Max shoe that I despise is the 270. I still don't think that's good. Um, I remember telling a group of people from Nike that it was not a good shoe. Of course, now it's gone on to like be ubiquitous and they've probably sold millions of them. Maybe those people think I'm an idiot now, but I think sometimes it's important to separate that this is our critical view, not necessarily how commercially successful we think a certain shoe is going to be, which is to say, if I hate it, it will probably be a very successful shoe. I worked out on the Air Max 270 for around four months. Joe, why don't you buy an actual pair of workout shoes? Like what, Brooks or Mizuno or Even Nike, Nike makes plenty of actual training shoes, man. 270 is not a performance shoe. I'm not in the gym like The Rock, okay? I do very simple 45 minutes in and out just to maintain and not go a little too crazy. But send some recommendations. I'll send you a list. Okay. Before we get out of here, what if you guys had to pick one recent Air Max that released, could be in the last, I would say, three to five years, what are you picking as your favorite this is tough. Tell me yours, Joe. The Coral Studios 95, definitely a recent favorite for me. What about you guys? Well, T, do you have anything? I got to keep thinking. I'm, I don't know off the top of my head. I'm so bad at this. I mean, I think two of the shoes that I can add in there. I mean, obviously, we already talked about Skepta 97s. I think that that's up there. One of the shoes that like wasn't like the craziest one, the shoe that I had actually gotten was the Para Air Max 1s that dropped recently that like the cloud looking ones yep. I thought was cool. Oh, you they like actually, those? Yeah. I thought that was cool. The one shoe that I didn't mention that was a sleeper, Brendan, I know that you'll like that. I never got my hands on were those para air max 95s that were like yes. in like the pink and uh, blue, the running man one. And there was a wind runner jacket with that. That was mm -hmm. fire, fire, fire. I'm glad you mentioned that. And Welty, I'm glad you mentioned the Skepta Air Max 97s. I'm going to take that as my pick for this. By the way, for the people listening, before we get out of here, I do want to mention the Soul Collector app. We are doing a big Air Max giveaway on there. So uh, please do go check that out on our social channels. We'll be giving away some pretty prized Air Max sneakers and uh, trying to get you guys involved in this new community effort around the Soul Collector app. So do check that out. Yeah, guys, and stay with us. You know, Full Size Run uh, taped an episode a couple days ago during the quarantine. We're still making content. We have the sneaker shopping season finale coming up Monday. Uh, it's a big one. So stick with um, Complex and Soul Collector. Your favorite shows are going to be um, still running in, in some way, shape, or form. And, of course, we will be here 
every Friday morning, wherever you guys consume podcasts. Thank you so much for joining the Complex Sneakers podcast. We will see you guys next week. Stay safe. Our producer is Shiva Bayet. Sound engineering done by Kyle Garvey. Special thanks to Dave Matthews and Jennifer Stewart. The Complex Sneakers podcast is part of the Complex Podcast Network. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 